Good morning and welcome to worship at Pleasant Street Christian Reformed Church. My name is Matthew. I am the senior pastor here on behalf of all of us. We're glad that you could be with us today as we celebrate this Advent season. Uh, as we're getting started this morning, you may have noticed if you are part of our church communication that today is about the third version of a worship service that we had for today. Um, that's a sign of the times in a, lot of the, uh, in a lot of ways, so thank you for being patient with us. Obviously, we are not having a Christmas pageant today. Our hope is, and our plan, is that we have been able to move that to um, December 26th, which is part of the season of Christmas, which seems very fitting to us. And so our hope is that next Sunday we'll be able to hold a rehearsal and that on Sunday, December 26th, we will be able to have our Christmas pageant together, and we will have cookies, uh, which is very festive and, and appropriate for Christmas, right? So um, please join us in praying that God would be merciful uh, in the number of close contacts and cases of COVID that we're experiencing in our congregation, within our leadership team, but also within our community. Speaking of signs of the times, you'll notice a signal in front of you, which is a different set of clothing. And that, for us, is a reminder that during the season of Advent, we have stepped into a different time and space. Advent is a time in the church year where we stand between the past when Jesus has come and the future when he comes back. And in this weird in-between spot, we are stretched both backward to remember how God has kept his promises, and we are pulled forward in hope that one day all things in this world will be made new. Advent is a very special time to me and to us as believers. In our house, uh, perhaps like yours, we have a lot of decorations up right now. And one of our favorite decorations is a small nativity set which has the added feature that when you push a button, it plays a song. Um, it plays a, what is it? Away in a Manger, thank you. This is in my head and I lost it. Uh, and we, we like to push that button, as you might imagine. There's a little light on it, a star lights up, it plays Away in a Manger, we hear it a lot. But this year, the battery is low. And so when it plays, it's slightly a half step lower, and so Away in a Manger is in a minor key, and it sounds tired, right? And I was thinking about that because I wonder if for you, like me, that is how Advent feels for you. Like, we're singing the songs, but they all come out a little tired, and so this season, this year especially, if you are finding that it is hard to get up the gumption to celebrate, if you find that it's just enough to keep one foot in front of the other, if you have just enough breath in your lungs to keep doing that, then I have good news for you. Out there, as things get busier and more crowded, we have stepped into a different time and space. And in this space, it is okay to just breathe. Because God has filled this space with his own spirit and with everything that we need. Friends, let's worship together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Would you rise? The Lord be with you. We continue on our Advent journey with a reminder 
This world is not our home. Even now I wait for the Lord, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more, for those that, more than those who watch for the morning. People of God, hope in the Lord, for even now we do not wait in vain. Even now, we wait, marked by God's promises. We walk towards God's future feast, and we carry the book of God's story. People of God, welcome home. Even now, there is no darkness with you, O Lord. Friends, let's sing together.
from God. And so Advent is about hope. Our great hope that Jesus, who came as the Savior, will come again as the King. Together we hold the hope that his return is sure. And even now, we wait with joy in the company of all those who hoped in the Lord before us. Hebrews 11, 1, 7, and 13. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. By faith, Noah when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Friends, this is God's word. The Gospel reading, Luke 4, verse 16 to 19. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Friends, this is the gospel of Jesus. Thanks be to God. Today we light these three candles in hope and anticipation of Jesus Christ the Messiah, God's Son and our Savior. As the light of our hope grows, so does our joy. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith.
I was thinking this past week, um, there's just quite a lot of change. And when I found out Friday night that the service was going to have to change yet again, it was like, Lord, what's going on? Um, I don't know. I can't keep doing this. It's like we had one plan, and that didn't work out. Then another plan. We practiced on Thursday. We had it down, and that didn't work either. And maybe you're hearing something in this. I keep saying I. I was kind of inconvenienced, or I was whatever. Um, had to kind of figure things out. Um, and then I don't know why it hit me um, that Advent means God with us. And it was almost God's way of telling me, Sandy, it's not just you. It's not just Pastor Matthew. It's not just any of us. To, I mean, God's with us. And if you were here at the congregational meeting on Wednesday night, Pastor Matthew said the words from Hebrews that God promised to never leave us or forsake us. And I think that just really hit home to me. Um, and if you're like me, and this season is a busy time of year, there's a lot of things going, um, just remember that God is with us. And if you're experiencing some of the things that I am about, all about me, um, maybe it's time that we kind of come to God in a prayer of confession and say, God, it's not about me. It's really about you. So would you join me in a prayer of confession. Merciful God, always with us, always coming, we confess that we do not know how to prepare for your arrival. Hear our prayer of confession. O promised Christ, we are a world at war. Our peace depends on your coming. We are a sinful people. Our pardon depends on your God. We are a people full of good intentions, but who lack the strength to keep our promises. Our only hope of doing our will is that we do it in your Please continue in silent prayer. Lord Christ, word made flesh, our world waits for your peace, for your pardon, and for your grace. It is so. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Hear these words, oh, friends, the good news of this Advent season is forgiveness of sin and new life. Um, Hear these words of, I'm sorry, I should have started with this. Hear these words of assurance from Isaiah 55, verses 6 through 7. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let, it, let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. And the Lord says, comfort, comfort my people. Your sins are pardoned. The penalty is paid. Friends, the good news of this Advent season is forgiveness of sin and new life, Christ's life of hope and peace.
Will you rise and join us in singing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel? So with you. Feel free to greet those now around you. Good morning. 
No? Oh, there we go. Okay. People of God, what is our prayer? Lord, continue to show us your wonderful, never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Amen. The Lord be with you. There we go. Go in peace to love and serve Jesus. My name is Dawn LaFrancis, and I am one of the elders here at Pleasant Street Church. And before I lead us in prayer this morning, I have a public service announcement from the building committee. Um, apparently, there's some work that's going to be done on the parking lot near the main entry over here on Monday and Wednesday of this week. So the parking lot will be a little bit, use will be a little bit restricted. You can park if you're coming in for any business on the town side of the lot, but up against the building, it may be a little bit difficult. So just be advised. Um, it is my privilege to lead us in prayer this morning, so if you would bow your heads. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. In this season of Advent, Father, we wait, as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all your people of old with expectation for the arrival of a Savior, the one long promise to set your people, us, free. The prophet Isaiah spoke of the hope and comfort in the coming of the Messiah. Little did your people of those days expect that Messiah to be in the form of a baby born in a farm animal's stable. Father, we confess that without the advantage of hindsight, we might have missed your coming as well. We praise and give you thanks that as we journey through this season of Advent, we are once again waiting with expectant hearts. This time, we wait for your return, not as a helpless baby, but in full splendor, glory, and power to claim your people, to end all suffering and sorrow, and to establish your kingdom in a new heaven and a new earth. Come, Lord Jesus, we pray. Father, we confess that every day, and in this time of year especially, it seems, we can be so caught up in ourselves. Plans we have made, things we must do, list of tasks to be checked off. Lord, we often act as though busyness is a virtue to you and a way to climb a ladder to be noticed by and considered worthy of you. Jesus, help us to remember that you are the one, the only one, who is worthy, and that it is only through the gift of your birth, life, death, and resurrection that we have any place in your kingdom. Lord, thank you for calling each of us, whether here in person today, joining from home, or for those who are traveling, to be part of your kingdom here at Pleasant Street CRC. Thank you for your faithfulness to us for 125 years. We praise you for those who have led and continue to lead us in service to you. 
Father, we give you thanks for those elders and deacons who are finishing their terms of service. For Jack, Steve, Mike, John, Keith, and Alicia, we ask that you bless them with a time of rest from their responsibilities and that you reward them for their humble leading and obedience to your call. We also thank you for those who have answered your call and stepped forward to serve you in these next three years. For Chuck, Sue, Brett, and Mike, we ask that you equip them with energy and wisdom that comes only from you as they lead and guide us. Father, thank you for your guidance and presence in our annual meeting this past week. We ask that you would continue to bless the work that is done in your name. Thank you for Pastor Matthew's leading, for competent and committed staff members who have a passion to serve you, for the many volunteers who lead worship, youth and adult ministries, run technology, and serve coffee, and for each member of our church family. Lord, you have placed us all here for this time and for your purpose. Help us to answer your call. God of mercy, we lift up all those this morning who are suffering and who need your touch in a special way. Our hearts break today for the thousands of families and individuals whose lives were torn apart in Friday night's storms. Holy Spirit, comforter, we ask that you be especially near to those who have lost homes, businesses, communities, family members, and in some cases, entire families. It is hard for most of us to imagine the devastation that has occurred in such a large area, and knowing where and how to even begin picking up the pieces is numbing. We ask that you would lead us, Father, in how to pray and provide support for these families. We ask also that you would be with the families and students who have been affected by acts of violence in our nation's schools over the past few weeks. Lord, again in this season of Advent, we remember your promise of hope, and we pray, Lord Jesus, come. Father, we give you thanks for healing for many members of our community, for those who are recovering from surgeries, treatments, and illnesses, whether COVID-related or not. Thank you for their good reports. Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, Continue to be with the many who are struggling with cancer diagnoses, injuries, dementias, COVID, and other illnesses. Father, we remember and ask that you would be near to those whose bodies are aging, or who are living in fear and are shut in and lonely. Help us to speak words of encouragement and look for ways to reach out to them. Father, we also give you praise for the good report that our brother Mark received that his heart is once again back in rhythm. We ask that you would continue to restore his strength and energy. Holy Spirit, we ask now that as Pastor Matthew brings us your word, you would speak through him and open our ears to hear you. Awaken in us a desire to not only hear, but to listen. We ask that you would breathe hope into our souls, fill us with anticipation and a longing for your return. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, let us find our rest in thee. Amen. It is also my privilege to lead us in the reading of God's word this morning. 
And our message this morning comes from Isaiah 40, verses 1 through 8. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. This is the word of the Lord. You will no doubt have noticed that our team of musicians is a little bit thinner this week than usual, and that some of the songs are different than the ones printed in your liturgy. And in general, everything feels a little more quiet. But I have good news for you because those things are all very much part of Advent. And so this morning, gathered in the presence of God, I wonder if you would join me in leaning into the to the thinness. As I open us in prayer, I'd like to invite you into a way that our family has been praying during Advent. It's called a breath prayer, and we learned it from a Advent children's worship uh, scripture meditation podcast that we listen to. And so as we pray, we will try to pay attention to our breathing, hoping that God is as close to us as the breath in our lungs. Would you pray with me? Take a deep breath. As the breath comes into our lungs, we remember that God is trustworthy and that Isaiah's good words are for us. As we breathe out, we ask God to help us to rely on his words. We breathe in. Father, help us to understand your words and promises now. We breathe out. Jesus, Help us to trust and hope for your return. We breathe in. Holy Spirit, breathe on us now. We breathe out. Teach us to trust in you. Amen. Today, people 
all over the world in different languages, eating different things, spending their time in different ways, whether it is day or night, all of us have something in common. Everyone in this room, those of us online, and actually all people throughout the world, some people are doing this for the very first time in homes or in hospitals. Others are taking their very final ones in homes or hospitals. Some of us are doing it deeply while we sleep. Others of us quickly because we are scared or stressed or active. Sometimes we need a machine or medicine to help us do it. None of us knows how long we will. Most of the time we don't think about it when we are. But Isaiah wants us to notice it now. We are breathing. And this is an Advent observation today for us. For it's something that we hold in common with all people, and there are so very few things that we seem to these days. We are breathing. Like the proud and the powerful of this world, we are breathing. Like the people of southern Madagascar who are starving from a famine, we are breathing. Like the people sitting next to you, behind you, and on the couch with you at home, we are breathing. Breathing is maybe the most basic sign of born life in this world. And as anyone with asthma, COPD, or COVID can tell you, not being able to is a sure sign of death. And this morning, breathing is something that Isaiah wants us to notice. Why? Because breathing gets us in touch with our grassness. All people breathe in and breathe out. All people are grass, here today, gone tomorrow. Surely all people are grass, breathe in, breathe out. And this is the message that Isaiah has for us today. Isaiah is asked, he is called to speak, to cry out, and this is a signal that words from God are coming. And Isaiah says, what shall I cry out? And he takes a deep breath. And this is the message. All people are like grass. And all our faithfulness and our promises are like flowers. The grass grows. The flowers bloom. People breathe in. The grass withers. The flowers fall. People breathe out. And then, just so we don't miss the point, he brings it closer to home in that last line there of verse 7. Surely the people are grass, but the sense of the phrase is, why, yes, even we are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall. We breathe in, we breathe out. We do not breathe forever. Yes, why, even we are grass. And as we look at something like that, we might be wondering, well, does that... Does that mean that life is cheap? Is Isaiah saying that we have no value because we are grass? No. Isaiah is not making a comment about our worth. This is not meant to suggest to us that our lives are cheap. The grass and the flowers, they're here today. They're gone tomorrow, Jesus said. And yet your heavenly Father dresses them better than even Solomon. So no. Isaiah's message is not about our worth. 
but about the clock. Isaiah's message to us on this third Sunday of Advent is that time is short and that we live with borrowed breath. And one day, we have to give it back. There's a famous story about Joseph Stalin, the communist dictator, who is on his deathbed. And in this story, it paints for us a picture of Stalin who has come to the end of his life. And there he is surrounded by his comrades in the opulence of a room fit for a king. And he lays in his bed breathing. And the story goes that as he takes his final breaths, his jaw is clenched and he shakes his fists. Life in this world means living with borrowed breath. Stalin did not want to give it back. Breathe in, breathe out, all people are grass. And yet how often we breathe this news unconsciously. I was reminded of something that John Calvin once wrote in a little book called On the Christian Life. And he was talking about being mortal. And he was talking about how it is that we avoid thinking about death. He said that we all know that human life is like smoke or shadow or breath. It's here and then it's gone. Scholars know it and so does everybody else. But even though we all know it, there's nothing we think about less. Even when we're walking in a graveyard, Calvin said, even when death is right before our eyes, we might get philosophical about it, but only until we go home. And then we go on making plans as though we will live forever. Breathe in, breathe out. We do not breathe forever. And that is part of the reason why the season of Advent is so important. Because it puts us in touch with our grassness, with our mortality. How often we go through our days acting and presuming that somehow we've earned the right to breathe. We forget that one day we will have to give it all back. But actually, the reminder's always there. We breathe in, we breathe out. Isaiah cries out that all people are grass. Why even us? But Isaiah does not just want us to get in touch with our mortality in general. He brings it up for a very specific reason. Namely, so that we would not take our gifts and our promises too seriously. Isaiah is saying, don't set your watch by human gifts or accomplishments or promises. Not because we are all liars, but because our promises and our faithfulness are only as good for as long as we have breath to make and keep them. Breathe in, breathe out. All people are grass and their faithfulness is like a flower. It's beautiful in its time, but it does not bloom forever for the breath of the Lord blows on it. And no, you did not misread that there. Isaiah did just tell us that grass withers and flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. And this is maybe the strangest part of the whole passage. Throughout the Psalms, we see this refrain. You see it in Psalm 104 that it is God's breath, God's wind, God's ruach that creates life. When God forms Adam in the beginning of Genesis from the ground, he is just clay. He is just inert dirt until the Lord's breath breathes life into him. God's breath gives life. God breathes out, and as a result, we breathe in. 
But here in Isaiah's words, he gives us a twist on that theme as well, telling us that the breath of the Lord is also what withers us. It is the breath of God that is like a hot, arid desert wind, which can somehow reveal the impermanence of the things that we trust in, the timelessness of our lives and the significance of our accomplishments. But Isaiah is not just speaking of desert wind. He is using the same word, ruach, which means breath. It is God's breath that we sometimes feel blowing the strength from us. It is God's breath that punctures the proud, withering the permanence of their plans and words. And when that happens, the poor can breathe a sigh of relief, for they know that even the plans of the strong cannot outlive their breath. It is God's breath that sometimes deflates our sense of importance and permanence too. And it's God's breath that blows on the busy with a surprising gust If all people are grass, then what am I moving at this pace for? And it can open to us the space to be able to sit and breathe and ask, is this how I want to be spending my borrowed breath? If I'm going to have to give it back anyway? Breathe in, breathe out. All people are grass. Grass withers. Flowers fail. Surely the people are grass. Why even us? And Isaiah's Advent message comes to us, and it could feel to you today like a punch that knocks the wind from us, but actually, it can also be a breath of fresh air. Because realizing that all flesh is grass and that even our best efforts wither make us long for something that doesn't. And that is why the point of this passage is not finally the breath that we have, the strength that we have to keep breathing, but God's breath, God's breath, which has both the power to blow reminders of our own mortality over us like leaves rustling on the trees, and God's breath, which also has the power to create new life. God's breath breathes these inspired words into Isaiah, and God's breath creates in us urgency for something more vibrant to breathe. Isaiah tells us that is what God's words do, which is what Advent is about. I once heard uh, Dr. Christopher Hall give a lecture on, on the Christian Desert Fathers. Hall teaches about the early church at Eastern University in Pennsylvania, and he was talking about the Desert Fathers, which is one of his favorite topics. They are for a lot of people, because the Desert Fathers, if you don't know, were these very eccentric Christian nomads who lived in the desert during the third century. They were an eccentric bunch, and as a result, there's a lot of really fun stories about them. Dr. Hall was talking about one of the fathers in particular, and I have since forgotten his name, but I will never forget the story. It goes like this. The father is sitting by a river, and he's meditating. And as would be the case, a would-be disciple approached him, and he did what would-be disciples would do, which was to make a pledge of loyalty and ask if this father will take him on as a disciple. So the father stares at the water and he thinks for a moment. And then he asks the young man to get down on his hands and his knees by the water. And the young man does. And then the Abba 
in a point of great surprise, grabs the young man by the head and holds his head under the water. He holds him there for a few seconds, a few more, a little longer, and then finally the Abba releases him and the young man emerges coughing and spluttering and gasping for breath, very confused. Taking a great big gasp of air and sopping wet, he asks, what was that all about? And the father replies, come back to me when you desire to follow Jesus as much as you just desired, desired air in your lungs. Friends, it is Advent, and on this third Sunday of Advent, it is the prophet Isaiah who, like the desert fathers after him, comes to us with a wild and weird message. All people are grass. Why, even you. And if the grass withers and the flowers fall, we are looking for what lasts, what endures, what is worth giving our breath and our lives to if the time is, in fact, shorter than we thought. And Isaiah says it's God's words that last. It is God's promises that can be trusted because they do not wither. They do not fall short. By God's breath, Isaiah proclaims that word of Advent to us. Comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. And the good news is that the penalty is paid, that your hard service is over, and that there is something more than death that is out there. And the proof is that the word, this word, this promise became flesh. By God's ruach, Mary conceived and gave birth to a son who took a first breath in the world and gave out a cry. And that is the cry of new life for all of us. And when he grew up, as we heard from the reading today, Jesus goes into the synagogue and he unrolls which scroll? The one from Isaiah. And he declares that God's ruach is upon him to declare something good and brand new to the poor and to the humble and to all those who know that the time is short. Good news, freedom for prisoners, release for captives, leaping for the lame and dancing for those who are short of breath. And we know that God's word is sure because Jesus stopped breathing so that we could start. And after his resurrection, with his lungs full of a very different kind of air, Jesus appears in the room with his disciples, and while they are gasping for the wonder of it, Jesus breathes on them, and what they receive is more than air, it is the Spirit, the Ruach, the creating Spirit that separated the waters and gave life to Adam and empowered the prophets, and it is God's own presence with us Right now, it is closer than we think. And in church, we have a word for this. It's called hope. We call it hope. And what it means for us today is this, that the grass withers and the flowers fade, but we don't have to hold our breath because the word of our God endures forever. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? Take a deep breath. As the breath comes into our lungs, we remember that God is trustworthy and that these are good words for us. And as we breathe out, we ask God to help us to rely on his words.
We breathe in. Father, help us to understand your words and promises. We breathe out. Son, help us to trust and hope for your return. We breathe in. Holy Spirit, breathe new breath in us now. We breathe out. Teach us to trust in you. Amen. When we gather in church, there is often more than we think happening. There is things that we cannot easily see, but that we are taking in around us all the same. One of the good news is that we do not take this in alone, but we do so as a body. One of the ways that we learn to do that together is by providing opportunities for people to reflect together on what we are learning and experiencing in church of God's good words. And we have an opportunity now for our third through fifth graders to do that together. So I'd invite all of you who are in third through fifth grade, if you would rise and come forward, because as you are dismissed for Echo, we have a blessing for you that we would like very much to give you. All of them, I think, are somewhere else. But we can still bless them wherever they are today. Let's do that together now. People of God, what is our prayer for these students? Almighty and loving God, thank you for the gift of your word. Help us to believe what we have heard, plant it deep in our hearts, and live in ways that honor you above all. Amen. Wherever they are, we ask, go in peace to love and serve Jesus. Thanks be to God. And we too are learning to respond to God together, and we do that both in lifting our voices in song, but also offering up some of the resources that God has entrusted to us. We do this through our offering. And this morning, I wanted to highlight for you that our offerings today are both for the work of our congregation, for ministries that we support here, and also for a ministry that we've partnered with for many years uh, that is dear to our congregation, the Healing Heart Hospitality House. We are not giving by passing baskets at this point, but there are many ways that you can both by dropping checks off in the box in the front or during the week or donating online. Having done that together, let me offer a prayer on our behalf. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we breathe in the good news of your gospel words, and we are learning to exhale that good news in our lives, both in the things that we say, how we carry our lives, and what we do with the things that you have entrusted to us. Breathing in, we are aware of the abundance of gifts that you have given to us. Breathing out, we ask that you would take a portion of them now and use them for your glory. In your name, amen. Brothers and sisters, God who has gathered us here together is the same God who goes with us wherever this week might take you. Would you rise in body or in spirit, in person or online? and receive the good news. Isaiah says, The root of Jesse shall come, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's go singing.